Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dive Into Diet. I'm with the star of the show, Lucas Schmidt. How'd I do? Good. It's early. Morning. It's morning. It's morning time. It's morning time. Lucas, how are you? I'm good. Are you awake? Uh, more or less. More or less. I could use a little caffeine. And we're going to talk about caffeine. We are. Uh, but not the kind that maybe some of our listeners slash watchers would think we're going right we're going a little bit of the tamed down version tea of, of caffeine yes. that's right yes so tell us about tea like i'm actually really glad we're doing this because mm-hmm. we hear all the time that tea is great for us yeah right yeah tea is, common, tea is good for us common saying i myself have not like crossed over yeah from another topic that we're going to uh-huh. talk about here soon. Yeah. But tell us a little bit about tea. Uh, tea is uh, it's one of the most consumed beverages on the planet, and mm. probably for the longest time, you know, aside from water and maybe maybe wine. Um, but it's uh, it, it's a, it covers a big spectrum of things, though. So today we're only talking about um, tea plant derivative. The actual there's an actual plant, a tea plant. Okay. Um, there is a whole category of herbal teas, which is usually caffeine free, usually, and then that's like your peppermint and um, various spices, chai, things like that. But those are not what we're going to talk about. Um, I actually have notes today just with caffeine milligram measurements on them because I don't have every single variety of teas caffeine milligram memorized. <laughs> so I wrote them down just in case. But we're going to talk about the most common tea, uh, which is black tea. Okay. Uh, um, believe it or not, black tea, green tea, white tea, those are all the same plant. They are just different because of the, the roasting process or, the, or the, the process by which they're turned. They're just turned into these different colors. Um, so same leaf. Yeah, generally. Okay. Now, I'm sure there's varieties in the tea plants, right? Some tea expert out there is going to go, wait a minute. There are varieties of, of tea plant, depending on the region they grow in, you know, China, Japan, India, etc. But it's generally the color name is the process by which the tea is made. Interesting. So, okay. Uh, black tea is the most common tea. So your southern iced tea, that's black tea. Okay. Um, has kind of a bitter taste, you know, when you drink it, hot or cold. It's kind of got a bitter, uh, bitter taste to it, and it's... Um, if you don't sweeten it. Now, if you sweeten it, it kind of changes that. And I would say, um, based on taste, having tasted very strong brewed tea versus not strong brewed tea, that most, if you go to McDonald's and get you iced tea, it's probably not very strong brew. It's a lighter taste. It's very sweet. You know, um, so, and the color is also what you can tell. It's literally darker, literally lighter. And when you say so, strong, like stronger brew, does that just steeping mean, time? So you you steep it. the leaves um, in in hot water, or the heat of the water when it was made, or um, you can also do a cold steep where you steep the leaves in cool water, but it takes a long time to do that. Okay. So because um, the heat is what sort of you know breaks down the leaf, re- lets it release all of its compounds into the water. Green tea. Uh, so, excuse me, black is the most um, treated of the teas. I'm not saying they, you know, they pour harmful chemicals on it or anything. Some might, but it's just, it's it's a longer process, um, and it keeps longer. It's, it's uh, oxidation is actually what you're looking at. Okay. So, typically, the more oxidized, the darker it gets. So Got oxidation, it. 
not to be confused with bodily oxidation, which is often associated with bad things like cancer and things like that. Um, this is a different thing. This is in the plant. Okay. So we're just, it's just the chemical process. Changes the color and the taste. Green tea is the middleman. So it's, it's black, green, white. Green tea is in the middle. It still, it still go, go, undergoes a process, but it's less than black. So it preserves more of that leafy taste. Green tea has a, a has a lighter taste than black tea, less bitter. Um, it's still pretty bitter if you drink it plain, though. I mean, it's it's not um, it's an acquired taste for most people. I don't know many people that go, oh, I just love the taste of plain green tea, <laughs> and they might now, but I I'd, I'd wager that at first they went, you know, that's gonna take a sort of like drinking black coffee. Yeah, a lot of people, it's like, whew, yeah, I gotta dress it up. Teas are kind of like that. And then you have white tea. White tea is is very expensive. Okay. For a couple, of, it's the you'd think. Well, it undergoes the least processing. Why is it less expensive? Well, that's sort of how it goes, isn't it, in the health world? Like, yeah. The less touched it is by man, <laughs> the more expensive it is. We charge more money for it. Actually, the reason white tea is a good reason because it's it's rarer, because it's only harvested, I believe, one time of the year, because it's baby tea leaves. So it's okay. before the tea is fully, they're just blooming, they go and they harvest. It's like a very precise time. Um, white tea is my favorite of the three flavor-wise without anything added to it. Okay. Because it has a really nice light taste. You don't need to add anything to it um, unless you really need that sweetness in any tea. But I white tea is really, really nice. Okay. Um, it is the least caffeinated. Um, green tea... Uh, has actually okay here's where we're getting into my measurements i had to write down here my little cheat sheet black tea is the most caffeinated around 47 to 50 milligrams a serving i believe that's an eight ounce serving so an eight ounce cup of the liquid green tea is about 28 to 30 grams milligrams of caffeine and then white tea is 15 to 30 milligrams okay so a good a good difference you know there all of those are fairly less than coffee Coffee is the most caffeinated, but we're not talking about that right now. Um, there are two other, excuse me, three other teas I want to mention. Off, they're kind of an offshoot. There's pu'er tea, um, oolong tea, and matcha tea. Okay. So pu'er tea is fermented tea, which is probably something most people didn't realize they do to tea. Like you know, you ferment yogurt. You make yogurt. Com- kombuchas. Kombuchas a fermented beverage. Yeah, it's the the growth of bacteria. So that'd be like a probiotic type tea. Uh, yeah, kind, kind of. of. Pu- Puerto tea is a very um, it's a niche tea. Not many people have heard of it. Not many people enjoy the tastes. Um, it has a lot of health benefits, as a lot of fermented things we found do. It's my understanding is it's fermented and it's crushed and packed really tightly okay. into these. Um, it's also aged for a very long, well, fermentation, sort of like aging, but it's packed into pellets traditionally. Like if I have some pu'er tea at home, I bought it a while back on Amazon. It keeps, I think indefinitely because it's already been aged for years and it's so tightly packed in these discs that when you serve it, you have to like chisel off a little piece of it. It's hard. I mean, there's, there's tons of tea leaves rolled and packed into these like pellet things. And you chisel off a, a tiny chunk, tiny, put it in your little basket or whatever strainer you're going to use. And there is a traditional brewing method to all of these teas. Um, 
a little plug here in a second, a little yeah. preview for another podcast episode. But and then when you add water to it, it it kind of pops out. So that little chunk grows a lot when you add water to it. That's how tightly packed it is. Got it. Okay. So and then you have oolong tea, which is semi fermented. It's not as fermented as pu'er, and I don't believe oolong is. It's not packed into these pellets. It's slightly. It's rolled typically the little so as you drink it it i think they call it blooming where the the leaves sort of fall open and it looks like whoa my tea grew (laughs) it didn't it just (laughs) sucked up some water both of those are um black tea derivatives they're they're types of black tea okay and then the final one is a green tea Uh, excuse me matcha green tea we've already mentioned green tea matcha green tea is a green tea um traditionally grown in japan I'm sure the Chinese sell some as well, but the, the, the you know they're going to sell anything. But the traditional, the 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 country of China is a, a massive exporter of tea. Okay. Um. So I wouldn't be surprised to find matcha varieties now coming out of China, but traditionally it's the Japanese product, and um, it is most tea. You know, you 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 strain it. It's in a bag. You don't actually drink the leaf or eat the leaf, right? You kind of strain out that. It's in a little bag or to protect you from the slimy leaf. Matcha is finely ground into a dusty powder. Um, oh, very fine. And yeah. you drink all of it. So, so, it's, so it's like a it's like a, a powdered drink. Yeah. And it's... Um, it dissolves? It dissolves in the water. Yeah, there's a traditional brewing method. They have a... It's called a matcha whisk. It's this little wooden... Or bamboo. I think it's bamboo. And you whisk it really quickly, and there's a traditional way that, you know. And uh, it's a very pretty drink when you brew it properly. It foams up. It's like bright green. It's this beautiful, almost they might call it jade green color. Yeah. A, a nice foam forms on the top when you whisk it properly. Um, and matcha has, I, th- I think on record, the highest antioxidant count of all tea. Because you're drinking, you're ingesting the leaf. Also, the, the growing process for matcha is really cool. So the the tea growers, they grow the plant, but they shade it with like some, kind, some kinds of cloth that allow sun through, but not a lot. Okay. So what happens is the plant kind of goes into survival mode and says, I need more sun, so it produces more chlorophyll in its leaves. It gives it a dark or a really rich green color compared to a normal tea leaf. And so that that high chlorophyll content is maybe why the matcha has more antioxidants in it. Well, you know, one thing I'm thinking here as we're talking about tea is, you know, when you're coaching clients, when would tea come up? Mm -hmm. So initially I'm thinking, okay, for someone who still wants slash needs caffeine, Mm -hmm. might want to, you know, wean off of coffee. Okay. Okay. that would be a, oh, that, a sad day. <laughs> that would be a purpose. But yeah. then you mentioned the antioxidants. So, mm-hmm. like, how often are you talking to people about consuming tea for, like, the antioxidant? Yeah. Um, if someone was going, you know, I want a little. Let me let me just give an example. If somebody said, "Hey, I'm, I need a performance boost in my day." Like, I'm having trouble getting through the day. Right. So what can I take nutritionally? That's sort of the conversation where tea would come into play, especially matcha. Um, I notice a a distinct difference in my ability to focus when I've had some matcha. Interesting. Now, matcha doesn't have the most pleasant taste. Um, 
you know, green tea has a bitter taste and it's strained. You can imagine this is an unstrained powder form of green tea. I, it's not a bad taste. It's not like, and, and there's varying degrees of taste. So there's, there's ceremonial matcha and then there's culinary matcha. Culinary meaning like you could cook with it. It's actually used as a natural green food coloring as well because the powder is it's so green. You, you take a teeny scoop of that powder, put it in some, a cupcake mix, you have Shrek cupcakes. You know, <laughs> like people do that. They make funny cakes with it. Um, and then ceremonial is this sort of traditional, you can drink um, culinary matcha, actually, if you want to buy it in matcha in bulk, which is really expensive. But culinary grade matcha is a really good way it's it's not changed yeah. like it's just a different it's not as high quality but it is matcha still has all that EGCG which is the antioxidant you want yep so let me let me see if i can say EGCG correctly uh, epigallocatechin gallate woo practice that a few times epigallocatechin catechin gallate epigogallate or gallate that's what EGCG stands for that's EGCG is is like thrown around in health magazines Tons of EGCG, I've seen it before in articles. But if you want to know what that means, it's epigallocatechin gaily. <laughs> I'm just going to well keep... Done. I'm so proud of myself for I know, saying it. So I know. I'm going to keep he, saying he it. He practiced before we hit record. Matcha has... I did. <laughs> I did like three or four or five in the sound check, like three or four or five times. Um, matcha has the most of that Okay. than any other tea. In fact, it's not by a little bit. It's like... I think they've they've measured it. It's like in the thousands of percent more. It's crazy. Um, so matcha has caffeine, not as much as coffee, more than regular green tea, again, because you're ingesting the leaf. But um, it's it's not just the caffeine that improves your focus in matcha, though. That's the really cool thing. So it's not just another way to get caffeine. That's why I would bring it up nutritionally. It has L-theanine, ah. which we've I've mentioned in other podcasts before. It's a natural. Most teas actually have a little L-theanine in them. Matcha has a high amount compared to the other teas. L-theanine is an amino acid associated with um, like calmness, um, not not sedatedness, right? Not sleepiness, but calm. And um, and and calm as in like focused calm. Yes. Calm as in I'm not getting distracted. Yeah, it will lower stress level calm. Okay. Right, so you're getting caffeine in your body, which can irritate anxiety. Not necessarily, sure. but it can. But then you have the theanine mixed with it, naturally occurring, that sort of helps to, to like regulate that caffeine okay. response. So that's what they credit matcha for with the sort of um, calm alertness that it brings. So part, so. Of, part of the reason you would talk to patients about this would be you get the caffeine boost, mm -hmm. but... Maybe it comes with a like a calm focus. Yeah, less jitter. Less maybe. jitter. Yeah. Okay. And it's I, I believe it's still slightly less than these a lot of strong coffee drinks. Are you so. mainly for health stuff? Are you mainly talking about matcha? Yeah, mo I mean, if you want the most potent, like I like to go to the furthest extreme. Like, what's just give me the strongest one. Yeah. In, in the, that's how I am. I'm kind of an all. Just get, give me the strongest one. What's the strongest one? Overall, it's going to be matcha. I th I would say now. There are other properties in Pu'er and Oolong that maybe matcha doesn't have, being that they're fermented and matcha really isn't. Um, that's a little more complicated and a little more difficult to pin down what, okay. what it is. It's okay. not as well studied as matcha. Those two aren't. Um, those are prized teas, um, Pu'er specifically because it's so aged. Um, 
but um, but matcha is I, I think more well studied in that regard. So can you can you consume too much? Like oh yeah. So like Anything, matcha, yeah. But I feel like coffee. You can you consume can't. too much coffee, but it's yeah, it's most people consume too much. I think it's yeah, not yeah. the coffee; it's the caffeine. It's the caffeine. But matcha you can become the, addicted to caffeine. But for the other stuff in matcha besides the caffeine, could you get too much of that? Um, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Uh, you, so tea and anything herbal like that. If you consume a massive dose, you could expect some digestive upset. Okay. Like a okay. lot of plant compounds, any of that, you consume a lot of them. Your because plants are naturally protecting themselves with right. some compounds, and I'm not saying you know all plants are bad for you. That's not what I'm saying. I I love tea. Um, it's just if you consume tons of it, those compounds build up at a big dose, and your stomach may not appreciate that too much. Got it. So, Got it. But yeah, that's um. The oh, I I should mention before we run out of tea talk here let me let me review the caffeine uh i didn't give the caffeine for the other ones let's do it so um oolong tea is 37 to 55 milligrams and uh, puer tea is 30 to 100 milligrams to review black tea is around 47 to 50 milligrams a serving green tea is 28 to 30 grams a serving white tea is 15 to 30 milligrams. white tea is pretty low in caffeine um, it's not that much at servings. all right matcha i didn't write down the milligramage um i would if i had to estimate because it is a green tea but you're consuming the leaf my guess is close to 40 or 50 milligrams it's going to be my guess Got so it. stronger than the regular green which is about 30 um yeah and so a little preview can i do that for the, the next let's do it okay so the podcast is going to be visiting a local business down the road some friends of mine jessica and jesse shelton uh opened a their business called the philosopher house yep it's a really really awesome place the uh, the not diving to diet though it's what is it the uh, outside the box outside the box is going to yep. be visiting the philosopher's house please watch that it's a really cool place i've been there they have all of these varieties of tea i believe but not only that they will go into detail on how to actually brew them and believe it or not there are ways to drink them too Yep. It's not just, ah, I steep my little... No, 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 no. It's, if you want to properly drink any of these teas, there is a sort of ceremonial process. They have all the pottery, the hardware required to enjoy. And that's why you would go there, yep. is to sit and have a ceremony. And it's very affordable, too. Um, so, so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, so. shout out to the Philosopher's House. We're yeah. going to see you guys in a bit. That We're actually going to... We'll combine these so that this episode drops the same time that oh, nice. the Philosopher's House on Outside the Box. Cool. Um, you I know, know more about tea than me, so it'll be really <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what you did, though? Tea Talk. Tea like, Talk. That's our title of the show, guys. This has been Tea, tea talk, talk on Dive Into Die. Is that a show? That's a show. That's a show. All right. Guys, as always, we will see y'all next time. Thank you for hanging out with Lucas and I on Dive Into Diet. This has been Tea Talk. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.